0: Good morning, family. Those here in person, can we clap our hands and welcome our online community, as well as our pastors. Hello there. Ah, well, yes, my name is Daniel Sutton. I get to serve as one of the pastors here today, and I'm excited to share part three of our disciple-making series with you. But first, just want to pray. let's say another prayer for the Tomlinson's. Would you join me? Lord, we praise you for not one, but two smooth and successful surgeries. We're blown away by that. We know it was you and you alone guiding the hands of the surgeons and the teams. God, so we praise you for those surgeries going so well. And we praise you and thank you in advance for a speedier and even smoother recovery for our pastors, Chris and Jody, smoother than expected, faster than what is typical, because you are not a typical God. So we do not expect a typical recovery time. We thank you for healing, mending everything. Thank you for just being with them now in their home. Bless them. We thank you for it. Bless the word that goes forth this morning. Speak through me, Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name. And everybody said? Amen and amen. Well, we've been talking about advancing the kingdom of God. We've defined what a disciple is, and we've talked about the cost of following Jesus. We also introduced the discipleship wheel and the five stages of spiritual growth. And if you haven't already, pick up your copy of that material at the community group table today right after service. We want every family to have one or two of these discipleship packets. And let me provide just a quick little recap of some information we've gone over the last two Sundays, and that is our vision, our core values, and our mission. Our vision, or the destination, where we're heading, Destiny Church exists to advance the kingdom of God in our homes, our city, and our world. Amen? That's what you're a part of, family. Our core values, or the banks of the river, are Christ, community, cause, Our mission, or the boat, the vehicle we're traveling down this river on, is becoming, belonging, and building. Becoming mature followers of Christ, belonging to authentic community, building kingdom causes. Today we're highlighting our second core value and mission point, belonging to an authentic community. This morning, you might be here in person, you might be watching online, and you feel all alone. You feel invisible. Let me encourage you this morning, you are not alone. You are not alone, and you were not created to go through life feeling like you are alone. You were created for community. You need community, and community needs you. God wants you to view the other Christians in your life as partners in ministry. Remember from last week, we all need three types of relationships in our lives. We need someone that's more spiritually mature than us, discipling us. We need relationships with those that are on the same spiritual level as us so that we can encourage and sharpen one another. And we need at least one person less spiritually mature than us that we can be discipling. God has not called you to make disciples in isolation, but in community. He's placed you in the context of this specific church body so that you can be encouraged, lovingly challenged when necessary, and sharpened by the people around you. And you are called to encourage, lovingly challenge, and sharpen them in return. Life is better together. You belong in authentic community. By now, you know that I like to define things, so let's zoom in a little further on this mission statement and define belonging. Belonging is an affinity or a natural liking for a place or situation. It's being a member or part of a group. Maybe you've heard, we feel a real sense of belonging. Have you heard that before? That's what we're after. It makes me think of the theme song for Cheers. Sometimes you wanna go where everybody knows your name. Bum, bum, bum. Come on. And they're always glad you came. Doo, doo, doo. You wanna be where we can see our troubles are all the same. You wanna be where everybody knows your name. That's gonna be stuck in your head all day. You're welcome. <laughs> That's what we're talking about. That's what we desire to see here at Destiny Church. That's what people are looking for because that's a longing in our lives, whether we realize it or not. Not, that's what people need, belonging. But not belonging to just something, right? Not belonging to something just so you get the T-shirt, but belonging to something authentic. The definition of authentic is genuine, real, true. What you see is what you get. Authenticity does not happen by accident. Authenticity takes time to develop, it takes intentionality. Community ought to be intentional and authentic. And since we're talking all about community, let's go ahead and define it too. Community is a group of people living in the same place or having a particular characteristic in common. I wonder what that particular characteristic would be for us. It's our love for Jesus. It's following after him and helping one another follow after him more closely. My favorite part of this definition, it's a group of people practicing common ownership. It's a feeling of fellowship with others as a result of sharing common attitudes, interests, and goals. We want everyone that calls Destiny Church home to find belonging in authentic community. We want you to have the spiritual Olive Garden experience. When you're here, you're family. (laughs) Now, at the bottom of the homepage on our website, you'll find these three core values, Christ, community, cause, and you'll find a statement and a scripture along with each of them. Under community, you will find the New Testament illustrates a beautiful marriage between the power of God and the community of God. It is our desire to walk in the fullness of both. It's clear to see in scripture a union, a holy combining of the power of God and the community of God. The power of God is even stronger in and through community. None of us would deny that the power of God in our lives individually is powerful, amen? When that power joins with the power of another believer and then they partner with another believer, it only grows. The power of God is even stronger in and through community. That's why it's so important that you are in community. The verse that accompanies this statement is Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25. Let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another. And all the more as you see the day approaching some of this meeting together happens on sunday but there should be more to it than that and the bible says all the more meaning even more so like it's go time we need this pastor and author andy stanley said circles are better than rows circles are better than rows what happens in rows on sunday morning is great aren't you thankful for it I love gathering together on Sunday morning in rows. It's a whole lot better than nothing, but circles are where authentic community and discipleship is best experienced. We need people in our lives, we were created to need people and relationships. It's just part of our wiring. And because our instincts cause us to crave and seek out relationships with other people, it's imperative that we're looking for these relationships and finding them in the right place. And there's no place that's more right to find these relationships than the family of God. Dean Martin put it this way. Everybody needs somebody sometimes. (laughs) The Bible puts it even better. It's Ecclesiastes chapter four. We'll look at verses eight through 12 and I'll interject between a few of these verses. Verse eight, this is the case of a man who is all alone without a child or a brother, yet who works hard to gain as much wealth as he can. But then he asks himself, who am I working for? Why am I giving up so much pleasure now? Why am I depriving myself of enjoyment? It's all so meaningless and depressing. This guy is living in isolation. He's not engaged in community. He's all alone. And then he has this aha moment. He comes to his senses and he realizes that there's something missing in his life and that something is someone's. It's people, it's relationships, it's community. His thoughts continue in verses nine and 10. Two people are better than one for they can help each other succeed. If one person falls, the other can reach out and help him up. But someone who falls alone is in real trouble. Another version says, pity the man that falls and has no one to help him up. It makes me think of Mr. T. I pity the fool that falls by himself. Have you ever fallen by yourself? Raise your hand. If you've ever fallen by yourself, whether physically or spiritually, that can be a sad and sobering experience, right? I've fallen by myself in both of those ways and I've stayed down for a long time, but it was when I found community and opened myself up to the accountability that comes from community that I started to rise up. I started to see a change in my life. And while community helps us in the hard times, it's not just for help in the hard times, it's about celebrating the wins. Have you ever gotten good news, but you didn't have anyone to share it with? That's like an immediate downer. We all need people that are authentically happy for us when we have good news. Now, finally, verses 11 and 12 of Ecclesiastes 4, Also, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken." We're commanded by God to be part of community because he's our father and he knows what's best for us. He knows how much we need it. He knows that it is an essential ingredient to us becoming who he has created us to be. That's why he takes the fatherly tone of authority in Acts chapter two, verses 42, 46, and 47. And he said, and they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship so the breaking of bread and the prayers, and day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. Not just once a week, church. Day by day. By day, because they were gathering together day by day. And look at the things mentioned in this verse fellowship, breaking bread, praying together, learning about God together. That's not meant to be boring, right? Things are more fun with other people. Community should be fun and enjoyable. You should look forward to it. It's not about rituals and religion, it's about enjoying a relationship with our loving God and enjoying fellowship with other believers. And we should enjoy it so much that we want to invite others to be a part of it. An invitation to community could be someone's first step in the discipleship process. There might be someone at your work that will come over to your house a lot faster than they'd come to the theater for a formal church service. Invite them and let them see Jesus in you, in your home. Amen? Let me share five reasons why we need community five reasons why we need community. Number one, community helps you become more like Jesus. Community helps you be more like Jesus. Now remember, this is the first part of discipleship, right? If we want to effectively make other followers of Christ, we first must be following Christ. We must be like our rabbi, our teacher, our King Jesus. And the daily grind of interacting with other people can make us more like Jesus. It certainly has the potential if we'll respond the right way. I don't know if there's any greater testing of the fruit of the Spirit in our lives than people. Because people are crazy. People can bring out some great things in you. They can bring out some not so great things too. But God gives us community partly as a way to help us become more like him. God's word reminds us that we're put in relationships in order to encourage one another in our pursuit of God and his kingdom causes. And it's within the context of community that we're given opportunities to be refined as followers of Christ. In community, we find edification, correction, encouragement, and ultimately it will lead to stronger and more mature Christians and disciples. Our brothers and sisters can help us along the journey towards spiritual maturity. We grow best when we grow alongside others who can help lead and guide and counsel and pray. And we can help others in their relationship with Jesus as well. Number two, community opens your eyes to the needs of others. Community opens your eyes to the needs of others. Galatians chapter 6 verse 2 tells us to carry each other's burdens. Romans 12, 15 tells us to rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. Within community, we are encouraged to look around at the needs of those around us, to strengthen and encourage those that are weak or feeling down and out. Community calls us out of self-centeredness and self-absorption, which is our natural tendency community calls us out of that and gives us the ability and responsibility to look outward. Whether it's picking up medicine for someone when they're sick or bringing a meal to someone or carrying a financial burden with someone, the body of Christ was made to support and love one another in practical ways like these. We can learn a lot about love within the exchange of practical needs. And let me just take a moment to say, church, you're really good at this. You're really good at this. Just as important as physical and practical needs are the mental and emotional needs we carry through life. I'm so thankful that this is beginning to be talked about more. More awareness is rising about emotional and mental struggles because, church, they're real. And they're hard to overcome, especially on our own. I'd argue that you cannot overcome those kinds of struggles on your own. You need community. We're given this responsibility, this opportunity to support each other in the hard times and carry one another's burdens. And as much as we need to be available for our brothers and sisters in Christ and helping them in their difficult times, we also need to have the courage to ask for help when we need it. So that people can come alongside us when we're the ones in need of support or prayer or a shoulder to cry on. It's not easy asking for help. You get to a place in community where you don't even have to ask. It just becomes automatic. Sometimes you just need someone to listen, don't you? Sometimes you just need a hug. Sometimes you just need to look up and see that there's someone else in the room with you. JD Small, a great friend of our pastors and our church, he's preached here a number of times. He wrote and shared some words on Facebook last week about the gift of presence, the gift of just being present with somebody. And these are a lot more than just words for JD. Did you know last weekend, he actually flew here from Texas at a moment's notice to spend the weekend with the Tomlinson's because of what they were walking through. He stayed at the hospital, He wouldn't tell you that. He might be upset that I'm telling you that. But the point is, community helps you see the needs of others and then moves you emotionally to be present for them in those things. Our presence is one of the greatest ways that we can minister to somebody. Now, obviously, there's no presence like the presence of the Holy Spirit. There's no substitute. There's no comparison. But I know for a fact that the Holy Spirit has used people and their presence... To comfort me at times. I also know for a fact that the Holy Spirit has used me and my presence to minister, minister to someone in their time of need. Because the same Spirit that brought Christ back to life lives in us, church. Our presence matters because it reflects the presence of God. You might look like Jesus to somebody, they might not see him, but you might look like Jesus with skin on to somebody. Your presence matters. Be ready, be available. Number three, community reveals your gifts and talents. First Corinthians chapter 12, verse 27 says, you are the body of Christ and each one of you is a part of it. Whether we admit it or not, because it's not cool, deep inside, every one of us wants to be part of something bigger than us. And when we become part of church community, this is exactly What happens? We serve a purpose, and in serving that purpose, we grow in significance and in belonging. The Bible compares the church to a body where every member plays a specific role. Did you know you have a specific role to play in this body? And this isn't a requirement. This is something that you have to do. This is something that you get to do. You get to put to use the gift that God has given you. We get to discover these gifts and talents and use them for God's glory and for the good of others. We get to be part of something really special. Community helps bring that out. I've seen my two oldest daughters really blossom and grow and start discovering new gifts and talents as a result of them joining local teams Bailey does cheerleading now, Callie does soccer, and they've really developed because of the new relationships they've found as a part of their team, their little community, if you will. They've grown in in leadership and communication. They're more confident. It's such a beautiful thing to see, and it became more and more evident as a result of them joining these teams, joining these little communities, if you will. There's things that I didn't know I could do for many years, And it wasn't until I found belonging in community and joined a team that those gifts and talents and even desires came out. I think there's some people here this morning, I think this is a word, some of you have untapped potential, you have dormant or undiscovered spiritual gifts that will come to life when you engage in community. That could be the missing piece to why you're not walking in what God has created you to walk in. You could put it this way, the road to your specific role in the body of Christ is found in belonging to authentic community. Number four, community empowers your relationship with God. Community empowers your relationship with God. Proverbs 27, verse 17 says, as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. Just like a seed cannot produce fruit or flowers without sun, water, and soil, we cannot grow into the person God has created us to be without the benefit of learning from others, from worshiping and praying with others, from serving and fellowshipping with God and sharing in the joys of God with others. Just like a baby will not grow into a toddler and develop even beyond without proper care, we won't grow beyond the stage of just knowing who Jesus is to knowing him intimately and personally, and then serving him and following him and making other followers of him without the support and care that comes from a strong community. There's something real about the power of numbers. When we're surrounded by other believers, our faith grows, right? We feel empowered in our faith and and I think we even become more sensitive to God's presence in our lives when we're in the presence of other believers and community. There's something powerful about believers joining together, sharing accountability and, and transparency, asking the hard questions, challenging us to really live out Our faith. Number five, community offers opportunities for accountability and confession. Romans chapter 3, verse 23 all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Right? This reminds us that we are all sinners. We are all in need of the saving blood and grace of Jesus. And that means we have a responsibility to hold each other accountable for our behaviors. And this art of accountability is one that needs to be applied carefully with the balance of biblical truth and godly love. But just because it's difficult doesn't mean that we shy away from it when it's necessary. I've seen marriages saved. I've seen addictions confronted and overcome. I've seen money issues resolved. I've seen petty disagreements put to rest and major ministry problems addressed and corrected because biblical principles of accountability were applied with truth and love. Unfortunately, I've also seen churches split. I've seen ministers wrongfully blamed. I've seen gossip. I've seen people leave the church because there was no accountability in community. There's power in accountability. There's power in confession. Community gives us the opportunity to bring to light the things that have been holding us back in darkness. Within community, we're given the opportunity to get real with one another, to confess our sins one to another as the scripture says to do, to break free from the things that are holding us back from living God's best life. True community requires transparency, accountability, and confession. So moment of transparency i've regularly me i've regularly chosen isolation over community in my life you might be surprised to hear that like you're a pastor that's that's messed up daniel yeah i agree <laughs> i've regularly chosen isolation over community not always but often too often it's not that i don't see the value in community i do It's not that I haven't experienced the benefit of it. I have. It's not that the Bible is unclear about its importance in our lives. It's crystal clear. But I've missed out on a lot of opportunities in this area and as a result, I've missed out on a lot of good. I've missed out on a lot of growth. Sometimes we have a tendency to crawl into our caves and resist relationships and detach ourselves and not engage with other people. We disconnect ourselves mentally, emotionally, spiritually. Sometimes we even see the need for community in our lives, but still convince ourselves not to enter into it for a number of reasons. There's a number of reasons, let's call them excuses, that I have not engaged in community. Maybe you can relate to some of these. And my, my intent here in this moment of transparency is to shine the light on these, these lies to call them out and not let them keep us from community anymore. One of the reasons could be pride. Thinking that I don't need community. Maybe he thought, I don't need community. I'm strong enough on my own. I'm getting into the word. That's a lie. We need community. Yeah. Selfishness. I just want some me time. I don't hardly get any of it. I don't feel like talking to anybody. I just want some me time. That's the wrong focus. That's focusing on me. It's not focusing outward like real community does. Laziness. I'm tired. It's been a long day. Emmy's still not letting us sleep great. She won't stop crying. I'm physically, emotionally, and mentally drained. All the more reason to connect in community and get refueled. Guilt. Guilt. I don't know about you, but a lot of times I feel guilty leaving my wife and my daughters to go do anything, whether it's a good use of my time or not. Or maybe it's guilt of some kind of sin and the fear of judgment from others that you, that you might find. But I need community. You need community. Isolation is never the answer. Isolation is where the devil tries to sell you these lies. That, oh, you're not good enough, you know, you don't, or that you are good enough and you know, you don't need community. They're lies from the enemy. John Wesley said, quote, You must find companions or make them. The Bible knows nothing of solitary religion. Now that's not to say that the practice of solitude from time to time is not a good thing. Solitude. And isolation are two different things. Jesus even demonstrated the spiritual discipline of solitude for us. But that's not how we're to live at all times. Because solitude can very easily become isolation. If you're not around the people of God, how will you be poured into from them? And how will you pour into someone else that needs it? church sometimes being part of community is not about what you can get out of it but what you can give community is not about what you can get out of it it's about what you can give you might feel like i don't have anything to offer what do i have to give there might be someone here this morning that was that was wondering that was struggling there was this tension should i should i go to church today i don't know it's awful warm and cozy in my bed, but they just thought, you know, if I can find so-and-so, I know they'll listen to me. I know their smile will lift my spirit. You never know how God might use you. Community's not just for you. It's for our family. If you don't feel like engaging in community because of how you feel, think about how others are feeling and be moved by compassion for them. Even if you don't feel like you need it, you do. And trust me, there's someone that needs you. A lot shorter message than last week. In closing, Mark chapter two, verses one through five. Love this story. Mark two, one through five. A few days later, when Jesus again entered Capernaum, the people heard that he had come home. Your sins are forgiven. There's so much in this story. I love this story. So much more we don't have time to really unpack, but let's just look at one thing. Like the roof that, that Jesus was gathered in community underneath, hello, that roof was not just simply like a little scrape. You know, think about like a little beach shovel, and then they're in. No, that was like probably a two-foot thick, roof of mud and sticks and it had been dried and compacted together that was not an easy task and this man this paralyzed man he was not just resting on the mat that his friends found him on that they carried him on he was likely living on it sleeping on it begging for food and money from it this was his home this would have been a terrible existence but he did have something going for him he had friends He had community, church, and that community literally carried him, actually picked up his brokenness, shouldered his burden, didn't give up when faced with no way into the home. They went the extra mile, did the hard work, doing everything they could do to get him to Jesus where he was healed, where his sins were forgiven. Jesus saw their faith. On his behalf and healed him and forgave his sins. It's in community we carry each other's mat, we do the hard work, and we bring one another closer to Jesus. One final reason that community should be a priority is found in the words of Jesus it's John 13 verses 34 and 35 Jesus said a new commandment I give to you that you love one another just as I have loved you you also are to love one another by this all will, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another the world will know that you are a disciple of Christ by the way you love others and live in community with them. There's more at stake here in regards to community than just a preference, but rather it's a calling that the Lord has given us to be obedient to. As you love others and do life with them, the world will take notice. Is life alone easier? Yes. Is life alone less messy? Yes. But it's not better. And now that we've arrived at the end of the message, Quickly, let's look back at the very beginning of the story. Think of the account of creation. God made light and he said that it was good. God made land and made it produce vegetation and said it was good. God made the waters and then put creatures inside of the waters and he said it was good. But he got to man and saw that he was all alone and he said, that's not good. The very first thing, that God said was not good was man being alone. That is so powerful. That is so significant. Church, we will advance the kingdom of God further in community. More mature disciples of Christ will be made in community. We are better and stronger together in community. I believe God will use community to improve the quality of your life and even give some direction for your life you need community and community needs you you were made for community and community was made for you amen